Welcome to Club Sandwich, where the music is great and the stories are real. Each week, we talk about life in the middle, the middle of raising kids, nurturing careers, and navigating the ever-changing needs of our aging parents. I'm Jennifer Owens. I serve as editorial director at Firstly, the first financial wellness platform designed specifically for the sandwich generation. I'm also the mother of two, wife of one, and daughter and stepdaughter of my children's grandparents. I know firsthand how complex family life can be and how it can change in an instant. Also know how hard it can be to prepare for the future, especially one that impacts our kids and our parents, let alone ourselves. Our guest today knows that too. Christy Sedota, thank you for sharing your sandwich story. You're welcome, I'm excited to be here. Well, okay, so you and I share a club sandwich vibe that comes out of nowhere (laughs) immediately. Gets us talking life and love, money, marriage, podcast, people, I don't know, in about two minutes flat. So I'm very glad to have an excuse to keep talking today for reels. <laughs> Me too. I feel like I was opening up to you within 30 seconds. So <laughs> we're ready. Well, so for those who are just coming into our conversation right now, here's a little bit of Chrissy's background. So like me, this is, and you'll hear why she and I are vibing. Uh, we are both products of multiply married families. So we have siblings and step siblings. We both grew up with uh, a working mom. Yours sacrificed in particular to make sure you and your brother could go to the good high school. And then there's college. And then there's the fun of credit cards and debt. But unlike me, you were (laughs) totally happy being single. What the heck happened, lady? Oh my goodness. What happened is... (laughs) I came to Strategic and, you know, my future, hopefully soon to be life partner was working there. And that was the end of that story. Strategic is the parent company of Firstly. And I did not realize that he was part of Strategic as well. Yeah. So um, I was working there. Let's see. I started in February of 2019 and we uh, just happened to chat really quick on a Friday in an office. And then, uh, he uh, sent me a DM, and the next thing you know, we were out having a couple drinks, and now we're living together with two kids. So, so yeah. So now you're taking, and now, and you all have uh, moved in together, right? So now you have. Uh, how old are the kids? So uh, the kids are fourteen and eleven. So the one okay. just turned eleven. So we've got the teenage years right upon us. Um, the littlest one, she just got braces this week, so she's feeling out that pain, but you know, so far so good, I would think. Well, and so how's that going? Like combining households? Yeah. I mean, you know, the first, I would say six months, you know, I think everybody lives in that honeymoon phase, you know, where everything is happy and, you know, you, you make a suggestion and you do it. And I think now we're, we're around nine months going into 10, I think. So, you know, we're starting to handle a little bit harder of some of the things, including finances and, you know, responsibilities in the household. But, you know, when you have the the kids in too, it's something I went from being single, you know, I, I lived on my own in my own apartment for three years. So to come and move in with not only my boyfriend and two kids, it was definitely an adjustment, but I think we're getting there. Well, so now you have been working since what, 16? Is that, is that what, what it was? Yeah. Um, I started working at 16. My first job was Mrs. Fields in the, in the mall. And nice. let me tell Get you, the best jobs. 
<laughs> Let me tell you, people are obsessed with Mrs. Fields cookies. At the end of the night, we always had a line that was like down the the mall. I'm like, this is crazy. Yeah, I knew at the age of 16, I definitely wanted my own income. You know, my mom, yeah. she was a single parent. Like you said, we grew up in a divorced household. So my dad remarried. And then it was me and my brother living with my mom. And, you know, she did the best that she could do for a single parent. I could tell, we never talked about finances, but I could always tell that, you know, when I would ask for something, I could see that look of like, oh, how am I going to be able to do this for her? So as soon as I turned 16, I was like, I want a job. My mom Mm. was gracious enough to drive me to that job. Unfortunately, I didn't know how to really balance any of the income that I was coming in at 16. So you weren't investing in like Amazon and Apple at 16 and like, so you're not a millionaire now? What? (laughs) Um, No, I was investing in clothes at American Eagle and uh, Amber Crombie, you know, to make sure I could go to school looking great. Um, You know, it's funny. I was thinking about this because we were talking about it the other day, Jennifer, and I think my check was like $150 for two weeks. And I think back to like, I like blew through that money probably before even three days. And I just had no concept of like saving. And it's crazy to me now to think about that because I would just be at the mall shopping, going out to dinner, you know, things 16 year olds do. And most of my friends didn't have jobs. So I had the most money. So I felt like the most important, you know? Oh, yeah. When I was that age, I had gotten my financial aid package for college and they said, you need as the student contribution would be $800. And I was a pizza delivery girl and I made $800. And then I was the worst employee and basically got let go because I didn't (laughs) need to earn any tips or any. I was done. Not realizing that when I got to college, I'd have to buy books and like that 800 bucks was the financial that was paying for part of tuition or something. I didn't have any life money. And it was, no one talked to me about this stuff. No. I mean, I honestly wish that like, you know, I think it was just the generation that my parents grew up in. They never really talked about finances with Mm -hmm. myself or my brother. Um, It's very weird. My brother went in a much different direction with finances, always been very good balancing his, his bank account. Me, I'm like, oh, I've got $30 left in the bank. I can just go and have a couple drinks or, you know, go buy this this sweatshirt I want. Like, what do I care, you know? But like, now I think back and I'm like, what was I doing? Why was I not saving that money? Or I wish somebody had had that conversation at the age of 16, like, hey, keep this much out for your own income and then save the rest, right? You know, just to kind of get used to it. But I never had that. So any of the money I made at my 16-year-old job was just respent right away. Well, so at Strategic, you you lead in, in our learning development core. And I know from experience that you helped onboard me into the company. It was awesome to meet you there, even though I wasn't allowed to vibe with you quite yet. But <laughs> you start, you share your money story. So can you tell us like a little bit of like, your shtick when when you yeah. talk about what happened to you with money. Absolutely. You know, I feel very blessed to be in the position that I am to be able to share that story with a lot of the new hires that are coming into the company because I think it's something that, you know, a lot of people don't talk about finances and they do get embarrassed by it. So it's something that, you know, is taboo in in everyday life. So 
when I was about 19, I got a job at Cedar Point, which I know you love to go uh, to. I love it. Yes. It's a <laughs> big amusement park in Ohio. Yes. Yeah. So I worked there for three years and it was the best time of my life. Um, we made a crazy amount of money. Jennifer asked me how much money I came back with Cedar from Cedar Point. <laughs> How much money did you come back from? Point. <laughs> I would say maybe a hundred dollars. And when I tell you I probably made close to like twelve thousand dollars a summer, that's how okay. little I knew about I need to I need to side note this conversation <laughs> right here to say I've been to Sandusky, Ohio, which is where the awesome roller coaster capital of the world, Cedar Point, is located. There is nothing to buy in Sandusky. And I, I believe it's an upper Sandusky, which is not even Sandusky. <laughs> what were you doing? <laughs> um, you know, we met a lot of new people there. A lot of people from Europe were coming and things like that. So a lot of our time was spent going to the bar, going drinking. I know that people probably don't want to hear that, but, you know, a lot of that went to that. And then we spent a lot on day trips. So like when we weren't working, we would go to like different locations in um, Ohio, stay over the night, we would get hotel rooms, things like that. So, you know, when you're there and you're having fun and you're like, oh, I'm making all this money, I'm just going to spend it. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it came point came to a point where somebody offered me a credit card. Up to this point, I've never had a credit card. And I was like, oh yeah, I'll get a credit card. Like I might need it, you know, driving from Ohio back to New York, whatever the case might be. Yeah. That was the worst idea I've ever had in my life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so not only did I not come home with any money, I've now come home with this credit card and I had no concept. Oh, I don't have any money. I'm going to go to the mall and I'm going to buy that dress. Well, then I'm in Express and Express is telling me, hey, you can get a credit card and you're going to get rewards. I'm like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes, yeah. let's do it. You know, one thing led to another. I had way too many credit cards. And my brother, Rob, actually figured out what was going on probably about a year after I got home because we had moved in together at that point. And he was like, okay, what are you doing? Let's get your finances back on track. He helped me. Just one-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. That didn't work for very long. Once he got me back on track, I was waitressing waitressing could be the worst thing with money because it's just cash on hand. You just go to the uh, store. Yep. You're not putting that in a bank account. You know, I would keep it in my top drawer in my, in my apartment. Ooh, and making uh, all the interest <laughs> right there. Really, really growing your money, you building know, wealth. <laughs> knew nothing about interest at that point. And um, the only money that was going in my bank account was, you know, the check that I would get from waitressing. And I think at that time I made Two seventy-five an hour. Oh yeah, the waitressing. Uh, what's that? That's because it's tips based, right? Yeah. You get the lower. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So any cash that you get, you just you know you don't really have to claim it all. Like, nah. um, <laughs> you know. Um, but for federal government rules, I did claim all my tips. <laughs> but so then I decided I wanted to go back to school, and this is really where I got into a large amount of debt because. I didn't get any financial aid because technically my mom made more than what was allowed um, mm. and I had to pay for it. And rather than pay out of pocket, which I probably could have afforded, I took out the student loans and, you know, Jennifer, yeah. we were kind of talking about this. You know, no one really tells you about student loans, right? It's, no. hey, take the student loan out so that way you can go to school. Okay, great. 
Yeah, that sounds right. But (laughs) they give you way more than what you need for the quarter. And me and my best friend at the time lived together and him and I, we wanted to go to Vegas. So we were like, let's take out all the money and go to Vegas. Well, Christy today is like, why did I go to Vegas five times on student loan money that I'm now repaying? Who you knows? totally were going to make that money back. <laughs> you know, you're lucky. That's, you know, that's smart investing. You know, you take the money that's not learning any interest in your sock drawer. And then you're going to double it on the crap tables or whatever they are in Las Vegas. Yeah. No, this 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 sounds like a great financial strategy. I don't know why people get those certified financial planner uh, certifications because it's all here. <laughs> I wish I wish I would have known one of those beforehand. Oh, I know. But so, you know, we've gone to Vegas five times on student loans at this point, And I was using credit cards because student books are so expensive. Yeah. I had rent that I had to pay. I had groceries. You know, I was living out on my own at that point. And I just really ended up in a lot of credit card debt. I would say probably around like 25, 25,000. Yeah. And I was still up to date on all the payments and things like that. But I just realized there was no end in sight. So at that point, my friend, my roommate, um, was kind of talking to me about how I could fix some of my income and how I could fix, you know, the credit card debt. And he directed me to a debt management plan, which is what I talk about a lot in the classes with the new hires that I have, because I think it's so important for people to know that, hey, I'm not just here preaching it. I want you to know I lived through it. So, you know, this debt management plan really changed my view on income and and credit card debt because, They had to negotiate down so that I could really see an end on those credit card bills. And, you know, after three years, I was able to get out pretty quickly and get that taken care of and really put my my income into the right spot. And I was able to start saving some money. And that that really did change the moment for me to realize how income should be spent and how you should save. So it was definitely eye opening for me. I'm this exact same thing that I was in. I was a freshman in college and the local uh, big retailer in Chicago offered credit cards in and you got their famous mints, chocolate mints. In it. Yes. <laughs> that was my credit card forever. And now and retail credit cards are like notorious for huge interest rates. Yeah, that's what I lived on. Like if I needed a dress for some important thing or they had a food thing, like if I was desperate, I'd get. It was the worst. Yes. Like even now, I think, like I wish both, well, my mom for sure, she worked in a department store and went late to college, but she put herself through college and she graduated on time. It's one of her big, you know, she's very proud of that. And I am too. But no one talked to me like, hey, this is what it costs. You know, this is what, what you need to know. <laughs> That's exact. like, you know, it's crazy because, and I think I said this to you before where, you know, I was working my whole time through college. I went to a local community college and I went to a SUNY state school and I worked 40 plus hours while I was in college. Why I wasn't just making payment plans so that way I wouldn't have to yeah. worry about it when I got out. You know, no one ever really had that conversation with me. It was always, oh, just take the student loans and then you'll pay them back. Well, I'm going to be 40 soon and I still have a ridiculous amount of student loans. And it's just frustrating because, you know, looking back, I would have rather just paid at least half of it in cash and only had half the student loans today, you know? Yeah. Yep. 
And it seems so simple now when you think about like, well, loans mean you'll pay them back. Well, yeah, but also it means that I can do this now. Yeah. yeah. Just the now and then aspect of it. I just, it wasn't, I don't know, the synapses did not connect in my head. <laughs> it doesn't. And, you know, it's scary because even today we have, you know, the two kids at home and we talk about it and they're like, oh, we'll just take a loan. We have student loans. And it's like, yeah, but what happens when you have to pay that back? And, you know, I feel like starting it at home at such a young age now is what we have to do to get them to understand how that money works for them. It's it's crazy to me. Are they, let's say, like, are you able to, because, you know, as someone with a 14-year-old and a 17-year-old, I don't, I just don't know. I was like, <laughs> like, I hear it so loudly and clearly because I too had student loans for a million years and I had credit card debt. I, you know, all that sort of stuff too, of the, like the hole I dug for myself. And you just don't want this for your kids, but I just don't know that they listen quite yet now. Yeah, I don't I don't think that they listen, but I mean, I guess the hope is. <laughs> I don't think they listen. <laughs> I think the hope is, is that, you know, you, you say it enough that maybe as they get older and then really yeah. reinforcing it once they get their first job to really make them understand, you know, I wish for me, maybe my parents had taken a certain dollar amount out of my check and put it away for me. So then yeah, that way, yeah. you know. I had something left over. Not to say that my parents did anything poorly, but, you know, it's just, right. I think it was their generation. They just didn't talk about that or, or their parents didn't talk to them about it. So then they in turn didn't come to us and talk to us about it. Well, and the college cost was different to income to the cost of college. Like, I believe my my grandparents just paid for my dad's college, you know, and my that my mom was able to do it, pay for herself with a, her department store job. She was the makeup counter lady at Filene's, you know, like th that I could not have worked anywhere and paid for my college, yeah. for, you know, for a quarter. I, you know, I don't think it's weird because I don't think I ever assumed my parents would be able to help me just because I remember yeah. I went to Catholic school for grammar school and my mom really wanted me to go to a Catholic high school you know, we just couldn't afford it, which was okay. But my mom ended up, you know, really taking sacrifices so that I could go to a better high school where we just had a two bedroom apartment for three people. And I literally remember thinking in my head, if my mom can make that sacrifice for me, I'm going to figure out whatever way to go to college. I just wish that I had paid more of it than just taking right. it all out of the student loan. <laughs> well, and now uh, with your mom, you and your brother are like, what's the relationship with your mom and her finances now? Yeah, so my mom got injured a few years ago. I would say, wow, it's probably been like eight or nine years. Wow, that's a long time. You know, she was out of it for a little bit. She had to have a shoulder replacement and things like that. So me and my brother just kind of said, hey, while you're getting on your feet, we'll manage your finances and things like that. So we were we were really just wanting to make sure she was set up for a good spot for when she retires yeah. and things like that. So, you know... While she was sick, we we did that for her. We gave it back to her, but we still kind of monitor a little bit just to make sure she's in that right spot, making sure that, you know, she's going to be set up for retirement and going to be able to live a, a fun retirement that she wants. Um, yeah. But that was definitely an awkward conversation to have. You know, hey, mom, we want to kind of work into managing. We want to spy into everything that you're doing, mom. Yeah. You don't mind. <laughs> <laughs> she, you know, that was not a fun and there was a little bit of pushback, but you know, after what all is said and done, um, you know, she does her own finances now. We may just take a peek every once in a while to make sure everything is good. But, 
you know, that that's definitely a whole different feel as a child having to kind of monitor a little bit of that. It's definitely a different feeling. And, you know, I yeah. see my mom being like, well, do you not trust me and things like that? And it's like, it's not that, but I know if that's how I was doing my finances, I would, I remember my brother jumping in and helping me and it was really a life moment there. So yeah. I think for my mom, it was too. And she's grateful today because she has, you know, a much better setup than where she was. Oh, that's great. And now you're already set up for, you know, if, if it, if it needs to be more, you know, her accounts, you yep. know, like all that stuff. Cause I don't have any of that with my mom, nor do I want it? She seems to be doing super fine, but it would be nice to know all the logins at some point. Yeah. You know, that was one of the other things that we did say, you know, my mom is a very healthy person and there is no sign of her going away anytime soon, but yep. God forbid, if something did happen, you know, I have access to her bank account. So that way we are able to, you know, do whatever we have to do. And it's not like a fight because my name is on there. Not right. that that's why we did it, but, you know, we also think about that in the long run as well. You know, God forbid, if something does happen, then we have that, that ability. For sure. And then isn't it nice that it's like, you're all kind of, it's, you know, you can think of it in some ways of like, oh, you're, you know, oh, I'm giving up some of my independence because my kids are getting involved or my kids, we're all supporting each other in this. And isn't that, that's family. That's really great. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's definitely how I, you know, my mom, again, she made so many sacrifices yeah. for me when I was younger. I mean, my mom slept on a couch for two years so that I could go to a high school and we could be in the right district so I could go there. And I would never want my mom to have to struggle again. So anything yep. that I can do to help her be in a much better spot to live her retirement years and things like that, that's absolutely what I wanted to do. And I'm thankful that she was open enough and, and allowed us to do that for her. So here, here's my last question for you. Who's listening to you more, your mom or your, or your kids on this now? <laughs> I don't think either of them listen. <laughs> Equal. <laughs> I feel like I just, they're like, are, you're not training us. That's what yeah, they always say. They're not training us. I'm like, I'm not training you. I'm just trying to teach you. <laughs> Oh, I know. They know how to get at you, right? Like, we're oh. not one of your subjects. <laughs> oh, I know. I was like, maybe if I put it on a TikTok, then you'll learn it. And my, <laughs> so my one stepdaughter is like, yeah, maybe. <laughs> Ouch. And she just served the volleyball back to you. Love I'm going to I'm gonna put a TikTok on and see if, she, see if it gets to her for you page. <laughs> Let me know. That could be the tip that we end on. So, <laughs> well... Thank you for joining us on Club Sandwich. Our guest today was Christy Sedota. Thank you so much. I had so much fun being here. And Jennifer, I feel like we could talk about so many more things. So anytime you need me, just give me a holler. Oh, please. You are going to be our go-to expert on talking to either generation, even if they don't listen, just how to do the talking. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> are you living in the middle? Share your story with us at podcast at firstly.com. Please take a moment to rate and review our podcast. It really helps us grow. And of course, if you could use a little extra financial wellness help, I encourage you to visit firstly.com created specifically for the sandwich generation. And let me know what you think. And until then, I'll see you each week in the club, Club Sandwich. <laughs>